Hey, everybody. Welcome to the 21 Minutes or Less podcast. We are live today. I'm one of your hosts, Keisha Milana. And I am your other host, Nakia Smith. And today we are talking about all things insurance. So insurance is technically a form of self-care. And we're going to tell you some more information about how. But before we even get into all the details and the juicy specifics, we're just going to tell you a brief overview of what is insurance. Okay, cool. So next is life insurance. Life insurance is super important as well. And a lot of people don't think about it until, you know, they get older or, you know, they start to hear retirement age. But life insurance is actually a good wealth builder, especially generational wealth builder. So that's something you want to start thinking about early. Like if you have kids, you want to make sure that you're thinking about that. Even if you don't, you know, just being able to have some kind of income to protect your family, to protect the assets that you have after you're gone and you can no longer provide like any financial support to them. That's really, really big because now that helps them to be able to, you know, if it's your kids have more generational wealth where they can use it for day-to-day expenses to where they're not struggling, they can save it, you know, they can wait and use it for college. It could just be a really powerful tool. And it's two different types of life insurance. So it's whole life and term life. So you want to make sure that you understand what are your goals for the money that you're putting into your life insurance policy before you decide which one you're going to get. So term life insurance is life insurance that you just pay over a set period of time. So it could be five years or it could be 10 years or it could be like 20 years. So you pretty much pay your premium, which we already talked about is pretty much the bill you pay every month. You pay your premium every month or year or quarter, however you want to do the payments. And you pay that for a set period of time. So if you're paying that for five years, after that five years is over, you don't have to pay anything else. But you have life insurance, however much the policy was, the policy is paid off. Let's say you pay $100 a month for five years and you got a $50,000 policy. That means after that five years, let's say you might even have paid $10,000. I don't know the math, but that's still a good deal. You paid $10,000, you done with it after five years, but now if you die, boom, you got $50,000, which is a good deal. And with whole life, So that's something you have to pay on for the rest of your life once you start the policy. However, it has some additional benefits that could be really juicy while you're still alive versus just waiting to use it when you're, you know, deceased. So one of them that I know for sure is that some whole life policies build cash value, which is really, really beneficial, especially for if you get a policy young, because a lot of times, let's say you pay into that for five years. Like, let's say you're paying $200 for five years. After five years, you have put around maybe $10,000 into the policy. And let's say the payout for the death benefit is like $200,000 or something. So you can take that $10,000 out of your whole life insurance policy. You can use it and your policy is still good. You can go ahead and keep, you know, paying your $200 a month. To continue the policy, as long as you're paying that premium, you know, doing that, if you have life insurance, let's say you want to buy a house, you can use that $10,000 you took out of cash value from your life insurance, and now you can use it as a down payment on your house. So that one asset that you bought, your life insurance, has now bought you a whole nother asset, a house. So just something to think about. 
I'm not gonna lie, I literally just got my life insurance policy last month for my birthday. I said I wanted to do that for myself because like that's big. I know I'm gonna be in my PhD program for five years. So I'm like, you know what? I might as well get some life insurance, of course, protect my family if I leave. But also, you know, I could just keep paying my cash value and then maybe at the end of my program, once I graduate, boom, now I got the money for a house. So just something to think about. Again, you do have to pay on it for the rest of your life. So I'm literally going to be paying $200 for the rest of my life. But after, you know, 20 years, 30 years, the cash value is going to be what? 90, 100,000. Super, super, super big. It also doesn't decrease the death benefit. So if you take that 10K out, you still gonna have your $250,000 if you do, you know, pass away. Yes. Thank you for giving an overview of those policies. There are other policies out there, but I think for the point of this one, those are the main two to discuss. But I like the fact that you brought up being able to use your life insurance while you are living because people mm -hmm. always think, oh, I'm not going to benefit from this until something happens to me. But especially with whole life, some of the investment products that goes into them are common stock funds, bond funds, money market funds, and international funds. So you can get a mixture of those things. So you're not investing just in one type of investment. So yeah, those are things you can think about. But also when you're thinking about life insurance, people always ask, well, which one is better? Which one should I choose? Should I choose whole life or should I choose term? Me personally, I say, why not get both? <laughs> That's get just both. me. <laughs> That's yeah. just me. But if you are like on a budget, always just look at like, what can I afford right now? And then maybe once I start making more money, I can look into getting another policy. And then you also want to think about, and the reason why I say that is because you want to get something affordable to where you don't risk your policy lapsing. And then yeah. all the money that you put into it is gone now. Like all the investment is gone because you don't have the funds to cover your monthly payments. So if so, for instance, if your policy has a current value of fifty thousand and fees and expenses that are 10000 per year based on a death benefit of like $400,000, your policy may lapse within five years. So you want to be mindful of that. This could occur sooner due to like poor investment performance or if you make a withdrawal or take a policy loan. So you want to be positive like investment performance and paying additional premiums can reduce the risk of lapse. And you always want to like when you're budgeting, you need to be putting money to the side for that because you do not want to risk that because, again, that could be a detriment to you and your family. Yes. I also wanted to talk about like term insurance because you did speak on that. <laughs> so with term insurance, I do like those policies only because you got to start somewhere. You, you know what I'm saying? So if you, you know, go ahead and get the term and then maybe get whole later, that's perfectly fine. But again, you want to be mindful of term because those policies end versus a whole life. And what you don't want to happen is you get to the end point of your term life insurance, forget that it's ending, and then you don't renew it. And then you thinking the whole time you got insurance and you don't. <laughs> and so you want to, you know, constantly be talking to like your insurer, like, hey, put some provisions in place. Hey, once I'm coming up the term life insurance ending, 
reach out to me to let me know so I can go ahead and renew if that's what needs to be done. Yeah. And I really like that you said that because I think each one has benefits and drawbacks. But again, it kind of just really depends on what is your goal. Like you really should talk to a financial advisor or, you know, someone who works at an insurance company because they can understand what are your goals to provide you with different products that might meet your goals. And then even within term life and whole life, there's different types of policies still. So like me, I wanted a policy where I didn't end up going with this, but I was asking my insurer about a policy that I can just pay off quick, but still have the benefits of whole life. So they have like a single payment whole life insurance. It's like for the premium, I mean, for the amount of the death benefit that I wanted, it would have been like $8,000. I didn't have $8,000 to just pay right then and there. But now that's the goal I have. Like, okay, when I get to $8,000 where I can just do this, boom, I'm going to just do a single payment whole life insurance. And that way I'm building cash value, but I don't have to keep worrying about paying for something every single month for the rest of my life. So you have to really do what works for you. And I couldn't do that at the time. Of course, I didn't have $8,000 to just spend, but we found a policy that I feel like it works for me right now. And like Nikia said, sometimes you might can't do a certain policy right now. You got to do a different one. So I just did regular whole life and I pay like $200 a month. My benefit is like maybe a quarter million, like 250,000. And I'm satisfied with that. Like I know in my mind, I have to have that $200 every single month if I want to make sure it don't lapse. And then it's like a rule for my specific company that if you miss a payment the whole first year, like, it don't matter if you're a day late, like, your policy is going to lapse. They're more flexible after you've been with them a year, but that first year, you cannot miss any payments. So, again, it's really important to know the different provisions that your insurer has in place to make sure that you're able to keep up with the payments, because if not, then you just wasted your money. And then also, the last thing I'm going to say about life insurance before we move on to business is with life insurance, a lot of times if you're doing whole life, you're going to have to get a physical or like a test to see your health, which is standard. So like Nikia was saying, it's good to do a young, which is why I did it for my birthday this year. But it's some things to remember. So for me, at first, my insurer said, you're probably not going to get classified as high risk because like you're kind of healthy, like, you know, whatever, whatever. So once I took the test, they classified me as high risk. And it was based on a few things. And what that means is that I'm not getting as much of my insurance as I would have if I wasn't high risk. So it's like now my $200 is not going to give me that quarter million, $250,000 death benefit. Now it's probably like $220,000, which is still great, but... I'm losing money just because my health isn't as good as it could be or because I'm doing things that they consider risk factors. So it was for two reasons. One was for my BMI. So pretty much they were trying to call me fat, I guess, which is like whatever. But that's something to be mindful of. Like your weight, they're going to take your weight, your height, your body measurements, all that good stuff into account. Because if you have a higher BMI, they're going to see as like, you're more at risk for being obese. You're more at risk for developing certain diseases, certain disorders. Another thing that classified me as high risk was my family history. And let me tell you something. People think they can lie on this stuff. You cannot lie to an insurance company. When I was working at State Farm, my boss would literally tell me one time, like, State Farm has more data than the Library of Congress. So I just want you to keep that in mind. You cannot lie to insurance companies. 
the last thing that qualified me as high risk was sometimes I smoke hookah, sometimes I vape. I don't even smoke cigarettes or nothing like that. But they found nicotine samples or whatever in my saliva. So they do a saliva test. So if you think you're going to get away with like, oh, yeah, I don't smoke cigarettes. I'm going to say I'm a non-smoker. They're going to give you a saliva test, boo-boo. And you're going to have to prove it. Like, you can't lie. So they found like traces of, I guess, the stuff from when I be vaping or smoking hookah in my saliva. So that all went to account to qualify me as high risk. So that's something to think about. You will have to take that physical if you're trying to get whole life. But again, it worked out like they didn't deny me. They can deny you if they want to, but they didn't deny me. I just don't get as much insurance for the money that I'm paying, which I'm okay with. And that's why I went a little bit over. Like originally I was going to get a policy where it was $100 a month and I was going to get a smaller benefit. But I was like, you know what? I would rather have too much money. Like I'd rather my family have more money than I think they need if I die than not enough. So if you feel like, okay, again, don't stretch yourself if you can't afford it. But if you're like, okay, I could do a hundred, but I could do 200 too. I was just playing it safe, but go big. Like it's building cash value anyway. So I know, boom, in five years, if I want to take something out and buy me a house, I can do that. And it's two different ways you can do that. You can either take it out as a loan or you could just take it out and keep it. If you take it out and keep it, they're going to reduce your death benefit by however much you took out. So if your death benefit was 250K, you take out $10,000 in cash while you living, your death benefit going to go down to 240K. But that's okay. Again, I would rather have too much and be able to use some while I'm alive than to not have it in you know, it's all for the death benefit. But yeah, I feel like that was pretty comprehensive. So I hope y'all learned something about life insurance. Go get you a quote. It's really quick to get a quote. It doesn't take long. And you want to just think about too, making sure you get a reputable dealer. I don't want to promote anybody. But when I worked at State Farm, I do know my boss talked a lot about the credibility that those big insurance companies have. And it's not just the name. It's the fact that they can actually pay out when something happens. Like you want to make sure your insurance company can pay out. If I'm paying all this money while I'm living and then my family don't get that check once I die, it's like I wasted my time. I didn't choose the right insurance company because they can't even back up the guarantee that they said that they could. Oh, yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. And one thing I can't say about State Farm because I use them is they going to pay. <laughs> Oh, State Farm is going to pay every time. State Farm is going to get you pay. They're going to fight for you. They're going to do somebody for you. They're going to pay. Yes. Okay, moving on to business insurance now. It's crazy. I actually used to help people get business insurance when I worked at State Farm. So I'm really excited to talk about this because it's something that a lot of small businesses or new businesses do not think about needing. It's something that's really important, though, especially depending on the type of industry you're in. So I know companies that deal with really high risk things, such as like, for instance, when I worked at State Farm, we would be really targeting people with HVAC companies, people that are plumbers, people who can really like if they business doesn't go the way it's supposed to, like if they don't fix somebody plumbing the right way, it can flood their whole house, like really high risk stuff. To where if you are damaging somebody's property, damaging somebody's belongings, causing them illness, 
that you can actually pay them. So a business problem, a business policy is really important for releasing the liability from you and putting it onto the insurance company. So when something happens, like and your business gets sued, or let's say you go into people's houses and fix them up, and then they whole house just collapse or something, you don't want to be responsible for that. So you want to have that freedom of mind knowing like, hey, if something happens and I'm doing it through my business, it's going to be covered. And business policies are calculated based on like the type of business that you have, how much income you have for your business, and then a few other things. But those are like the main things. So you want to make sure that you are looking at, okay, what did I make last year? looking at tax returns, things like that, because your insurance company is going to ask you that. Because the more money your business is bringing in, that means you have more customers, which means you're at a higher risk for an incident occurring. So again, for small businesses, it might not be that much, depending on how much you're making starting out, because you don't have as much risk. And then for things like, let's say like taxpayers or accountants, stuff like that, those types of businesses too, it doesn't cost as much to insure because you're really thinking about like, okay, what is the actual risk associated with this business? So if you do somebody's taxes wrong, that's a little bit less intrusive than you having somebody whole house get flooded because you didn't fix the plumbing the right way. So depending on your type of business, if it's more like, oh, I got an online business or I just sell stuff, it's going to be a lot cheaper than those high risk types of businesses. Yes. I'm glad you spoke on that. I think high-risk businesses can include, like, medical industry, like you said, like, services, especially the food industry, because you think about food poisoning and stuff like that. Again, you do want to think about what type of business you're in and then, you know, the risks associated with those businesses. So there are, like, 10 top reasons for insurance for your business. So one of them, you need to know the laws in your state. Because most businesses are required by law to have insurance. So when you start these businesses up, you want to look at your state laws to see like what are the regulations for those. Because like you just said, if you get sued, who that's going to fall on is going to fall on you. And people think that LLC is protecting them. It is in a sense, but then you also have to think about other things as well. So business insurance protects your employees as well, not just you. So if you have employees, that insurance can help benefit them. Whereas it's like medical care, missed wages, funeral benefits. So business insurance also protects your customers. So like you should say, if, if you are a plumber, it'll help take care of like property damage, personal and advertising injury, bodily injury and product liability. You also want to think about credibility. Business insurance builds the credibility for your company because you are operating legally, <laughs> in a sense. Your contracts may require your business insurance. So if you're renting a building from a landlord, for an example, or borrowing money to finance goods, loan agreements, client agreements, all of that includes insurance because who wants to risk their funds? Nobody. <laughs> you also want to think about business insurance can help recruit and retain employees. 
everybody always looking at their benefit package when they when they get hired on period so that that's just going to help you out in the long run your business insurance also protects management so it'll help cover the owner the ceo or the key person if lawsuits occur so instead of again the person being sued individually you know you have some buffer there to cover you and your assets and you're not paying out of pocket because let's just say hypothetically you don't have business insurance to back you up and you own a home now you being sued and your house is online because you don't have the proper things in place just something to think about business insurance also protects against natural disasters Floodings, fires, tornadoes, hurricanes, lightning. Business insurance helps with lawsuits. Business insurance offers a peace of mind, of course. So it's kind of like, hey, if something happens, hopefully it doesn't. But if something does happen at the end of the day, my business isn't going to falter. My personal assets aren't going to falter because we have the proper legal things in place. Okay, so things to think about. Yes, that was some really good information. And One thing that stood out was when you said business insurance can cover employees and customers and pretty much everybody associated with the business. So I'm really glad we had this chat. I hope y'all start to see how important insurance is and how it can be used as a form of self-care. So make sure y'all also go follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at 21 Minutes or Less. And then you can follow our personal pages. Mine is at Keisha Milana. And mine is at Miss Butterfly 21 M-I-S-S. Yes. And we're going to see you on the next episode.